0: Hey guys, it's Pastors Aaron and Terry Bagwell, and we wanted to say thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it with a friend to keep others around you encouraged throughout the week. We hope you have a blessed day and enjoy the podcast. God bless you. How many have been blessed by our series called Anchor these last few weeks? Amen. Amen. And uh, today, we'll actually be concluding this series since next week, Pastor Dave will be with us, but it's been a, it's been a dynamic series. If you haven't uh, been able to, or if you missed one of the weeks, again, everything's available through the app and online, our YouTube page, and you can always catch up. But today, we're going to just kind of conclude, but dive in, but I want to title this message, When the Storm Comes, not if the storm comes, but when, because don't we live in a world where things are not uh, Perfect things are not always the way that we ideally want them to be but yet christ is our anchor so i want us to start off with our key scripture hebrews 6 chapter 19 that we've been reading this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls it leads us through the curtain into god's inner sanctuary let's pray father i thank you for the next few moments that we have together that the holy spirit speak to every person watching this whether it be online or here in person lord i thank you that lord your word is rhema it is living life for our soul father it's the living word lord that we can live by and grow by and lord so i thank you today that god you'll be with us for the next few minutes lord i thank you that i'm just merely a vessel delivering what i believe you want to say to your people so father we submit this all to you. Have your way in this service and in our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody say it together. Amen. Amen. Well, just a quick refresher for the last couple of weeks as we've been diving in to anchor. I don't know. Do we still have that that picture, by chance, of the anchor? Um, An anchor, we've been talking about an anchor. Isn't that cool anchor? That's a big one. It's an amazing invention. It's been used for thousands of years by, you know, sailors and fishermen. The concept is simple, It's a metal device used to secure a vessel or a boat to a bed of body of water and prevent it from drifting due to the wind or current. An anchor, this is one of the most important things we've been getting into. It's simple in its design, but it's very powerful in its function. Week one, we talked about being anchored in his promises, how Jesus is the anchor for our soul and how we are anchored in his hope. Last week, we dove into what are you holding on to, and we talked about holding on to redemption holding on to heavenly focus, and holding on to your promised destiny. But today we're going to talk about when the storm comes. Because it's not a matter of if, but when. I want to give you just three key things today that you can grab a hold of through the truth of God's word about when the storm comes. Are you guys ready for it? If you are, say yes. All right, here we go. Number one is this, when the storm comes... You have to make a choice. Type it on your phone, write it down, take a photo of your face and write it on your face. I don't care what you do with it. But I want you to get this point down, written somewhere where you'll see it, you'll remember it. That when the storm comes, you have to make a choice. In Matthew chapter 7, I want to read verses 24 through 27. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, And when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. This is the very end of what many theologians call Jesus' greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And at the very end of his sermon, this is how he concludes it. He tells us there are two types of people. There's one that hear only but do what they desire, but then there's another that will hear and do what Christ has taught. And I think we'd all agree it's easy to listen to something wherever we are. It's a little harder to dig in and hear it, but it's even harder to put what you have heard into practice. And yet it would seem that this is the exact choice that Jesus has challenged us and given us as followers of Christ to not just listen, but to hear it and put it into practice. We've got to hear and respond to his teachings. We have to make a choice. We get to choose. It's it's not something anybody will make you do. In fact, Christ himself will not make you do it. But you have to make a choice because when that storm comes, that's what we have to grab from this that the storm's coming for those who built their house on the rock and on the sand. It, it, you don't get to escape the storm. It's how you're anchored in the storm that makes all the difference in the world. And if you're with me, say yes. yes. Years ago, I heard the voice of the Lord leading me to minister to somebody. I was uh, walking. We were in a downtown area. And I saw this uh, you know, person. I don't know if they were homeless or just hurting. Or I don't know what it was. And I just felt this leading. Like, oh, I should just talk to them and help them, pray with them, something. And I was so insecure with myself, right? I was just like, ah, uh, I was younger and just, I didn't know what to say. Maybe you've been in a similar position at some point in your life. You feel so inadequate and like, well, I, I can't talk to this person. You know, they're older than me or they're going through something I don't understand. So I remember I just, I just kept walking. And I remember like looking back at them and I just kind of walked away like, I'll, I'll just let it go. And you know what's crazy is that moment stuck with me till this day. <laughs> that it wasn't a fleeting moment. It was a moment where, in hindsight, I can look back and be like, wow, the Spirit of the Lord was leading me to do something, and I just disobeyed it. I made a choice. It was a sand moment for sure. It It was a moment where I was out of my own insecurity, I allowed that to dictate my actions versus what God was telling me to do and what he says about me. And we have to remember that it's not about feeling adequate. You may never feel adequate to deliver the gospel or pray for a person, but it's not about you. It's about you being the vessel that God moves through. Can I hear an amen? And I'll never forget that. And it's just like a year or so later, I was praying. I was at my dad's church in my office, and I was praying early in the morning, asking God, Lord, use me to preach your gospel. Father, I want to help people around the world. And instantly, I felt the Holy Spirit say, Go downtown. Now, where the church was located is Lone Tree. Now, if you know where that is in Denver, that's not close to downtown. And, uh, you know, I had responsibilities, I have a job, all these types of things. I'm like, I can't just drive my car downtown. That's foolish. So I just ignored it, you know. And I just kept praying, Lord, use me, use me. And all of a sudden, he's like, go downtown, go downtown. I'm like, why am I going to go downtown, God? Would you stop interrupting my prayer? I'm trying to talk to you, you know. It's like. <laughs> so finally, it became. it was that same moment, that same feeling, that same familiar moment where I was like, ah, this is an obedience moment. I don't like it. You know, your flesh doesn't like obedience moments, does it? Your flesh wants to do what your flesh wants to do, but that's the point of obedience that you're saying, it doesn't matter what I want. God, what do you want? So I'm subjecting myself to your will, not my own. Hallelujah. So I remember I jumped in my car, felt like a total idiot. And I remember screaming in my office, fine, I'll go downtown. If there was anybody else in the building, they definitely thought I was crazy, you know? And so I drove downtown and, and I parked my car and started walking up and down the streets and, and I didn't see anybody like in need. I saw some business people in this, but I just didn't feel like, why am I here? This is silly. Now I'm even more dumb. You know, like I just felt many times when you say yes to God, you feel foolish, but that's okay. Think about the children of Israel marching around Jericho. They probably felt a little silly. Here they are blowing their trumpets. bam, 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 And everybody's like, what are they doing? Like the walls are going to fall when I do this seven more times. God will ask you to do some foolish things in the, in the natural. Now, in the natural, the sound of a trumpet is not going to knock a wall down. But the Lord is asking for obedience. And when we yield to that through obedience, it's amazing the miraculous power that begins to take place. So here I was walking around, and I, I got a call. And then my dad, who at the time, you know, pastor's pastor is my boss. You know, he calls me he's like, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm just downtown. He's like, what? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm just walking around looking to help somebody. He's like, okay, did you find anyone? I'm like, no. He's like, well, get back here. What are you doing? You know, we got work to do. You know, all right. So now I'm like more upset. I'm like, I'm really stupid. I'm really dumb. Like, here I am, a young man trying to take a big step of faith for God, and I'm a total moron. Like, like I'm just being really honest with you, because I want you to know that when you step out in faith, it's it's not like the heavens open and the angelic forces come down many times and (gasps) say, my good and faithful servant thus saith the lord like we are looking sometimes for the burning bush experience and even after moses had it he still struggles he's like yeah was that really god though like dude that bush talked to you man it didn't even burn up <laughs> so it's even harder but we can understand that sometimes we push it off like no it's not god it's just my brain i'm foolish i'm still so here. i'm feeling that way and i see a guy he has a sign that says help and instantly in my heart, my spirit, I felt like God said, that's who I brought you here for. So I went to that person. And I said, hey, your sign says help. Um, what do you need help with? And this guy's like, man, everything. And I had nothing to say to him. I wanted to say, that stinks. See ya. <laughs> you know, when you feel inadequate, that's kind of where it's at. And I saw McDonald's. It was right in front of McDonald's on 16th Street. I said, you hungry? He's like, yes. I'm like, okay, let's go get some food. And I'm like, that'll buy me some time to think, you know? So I go in, I buy him some food, I take him some food. And we sit there, and man, you know, he's eating, I'm eating. I said, man, what's, what's your sign? So he tells me his whole story. He got hooked on drugs. He, he has a wife. He's, he's like, I'm not homeless. I have a wife. I have daughters. But I, I got hooked on these drugs, and I just, she kicked me out of the house. I haven't seen my family in over a year and all these things. And, you know, all these things. And, and I'll never forget, he looked at me and said, it's just my life is hopeless, And here I was feeling inadequate the whole time. And the moment he said that to me, my life is hopeless. Instantly in my spirit, I just blurted out, no, it's not. There's hope and his name is Jesus. And he looked at me and I started preaching that gospel to him. I said you might feel broken you might feel lost but there's a god who made you there's a god who loves you and he can take you from this moment he can change your life he can repair what's broken he can get your family back man i'm like this isn't me it was almost out of body i felt like i was over here like yeah go ahead preach you know and i was over here just going it was (laughs) you know one of these moments where i'm like i don't know what's happening but but it wasn't me it was the holy spirit pouring out of me right but see that moment would have never happened without obedience without that choice see storms are coming but we have a choice to make are we gonna say yes to God or are we gonna do what we want to do in that morning can I tell you something I didn't want to drive downtown I didn't want to get in trouble for being late to work I didn't want to use my gas money whatever right all the reasons. But God wanted something different that day. And in fact, the very thing I was praying for, God's like, ooh, I got an assignment for this one. This guy's asking me to preach the gospel. I got somebody else praying for me to show him a sign. I'm going to connect him right now. So I went down there, and man, I started preaching. And he starts crying. I mean, you know, I got a Pentecostal background, so I stood up. I laid hands. I'm like, "Jesus!" you know. I mean, we're at McDonald's. But there's a lot of interesting people. They didn't think anything of it. They're like, amen. They just kept walking. I'm like, deliver this, brother. You know, get him saved. And all these things started taking place. And, man, God did a work. It was incredible. And he he comes back. He gives his heart to Christ. I mean, I led him in the sinner's prayer. He says, I want to show you something, young man. And he opened up this backpack he had, and he pulled out a rope fastened in a noose. He said, I was on my way to kill myself this morning. I was literally walking, and we were on the street, he pointed down the street, and there was a bridge. He said, I was going to go hang myself. I had planned it for a few days. I was done with life, and something on the inside of me said, humble yourself and write a sign that says help. And I said to that voice, I'll give you 10 minutes. And I put a stopwatch on, and you walked up 8 minutes into my 10 minutes. Do you know what that did to me that day? That wrecked me. I I thought, what if I would have been selfish and said no? What if I just would have done my day like normal? You know, I would have never remembered that day. I still don't remember that day, what happened after that. Those are insignificant compared to the moments that God has for us sometimes we're so stuck on the ordinary we got to fulfill the ordinary we got to you know be on time we got to do everything perfect like we're so focused on that we might be missing the moments and the opportunities that god has right in front of our face but i'll tell you just like i told you i wanted to preach the gospel and i had my little you know out of body experience kind of i mean I, i didn't really get out of my body by the way so you don't think i'm a weirdo but it was just a moment where i was like this isn't me i knew in that moment it was something greater happening through my life and i said god i want to i want my life to make impact on this earth i want my life to mean something i don't want to merely exist on this planet and have a card that i pull out and say hi i'm a christian whenever i want to and if i get tired or scared i'll be like what do you believe like nothing Like, I don't want to be a wishy-washy person. I want to boldly follow you. I want to be marked with the blood of the Lamb. I want a cross that's so apparent on my life that when people see me, they say, that's a person of God. That's a person who follows God. They're not going to do the kind of things that we do. They don't talk the way that we talk. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is called setting yourself apart, and it all starts by making a choice. When you say yes to God and no to yourself, we helped that brother, by the way. I got him with Salvation Army. My wife and I began to do work. We got him to church on that Sunday. We got him in a rehabilitation program through Salvation Army, and we brought him to church that week, and I'll never forget. We got his wife on the phone, and he began to cry, and he told him, I'm going to get better. And he, she goes, would you like to talk to your daughters? They miss you. And I'll never forget him weeping on that phone saying, Daddy's coming home. Daddy's going to get, I found Jesus. I found hope. I'm coming home. I'm going to re, I'm going to come home. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the hope of Christ. When we feel like all hope is lost, he is an anchor for our soul. When the storm comes, we have to make a choice. We have to make a decision. And that's what Jesus was saying. Build your house on the rock, not on the sand. But you get to choose. Where are you building? Number two, when the storm comes, number two, peace is your inheritance. This is a good one. Peace is your inheritance. Do you know your natural reaction when a storm comes? Freak out. Do you know the disciples freaked out all the time when storms hit the boat? I mean they had Jesus himself sleeping in the boat. And they're like, we're all dead. Jesus too. We're all going down. I don't know if they'd seen him walk on the water yet, but they just knew like we're all dead. Go wake up, Jesus. We're gonna die. I mean, storm hit, freak out. And the same's true in our life. Storms might hit, problems might come. What do our flesh what's our flesh wanna do? Freak out! Right? We don't we're not called to freak out. We're not called to lose it in those moments. That's what your flesh wants to do. That's what the enemy wants to do. You know, the enemy operates through something called fear. It's his greatest weapon. But fear isn't real. It's something that we give power to when we lean into it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests Be made known to God and the peace of God. Everybody say peace. I love this scripture. If you want to write down an amazing scripture that you can put on your mirror, in your car, on your phone, wherever you look, I want you to write Philippians 4, 7 down. Or really 4, 6 and 7. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's a protection for you. It is something that holds you. It's something that guards you against what your flesh wants to do in the midst of the storm. It also works in times of grief. It works in times of sadness. It works in times where you need to make a big decision and it is stressing you out because you know the weight of whatever that decision might be. But the word teaches us That when we pray and submit it to God, remember that whole obedience thing. Say, God, I'm going to give you this here. It says that that peace that passes your understanding, it's deeper, it's supernatural, it's going to guard your heart and mind. Now, there's a story in the book of Acts about Paul the apostle being shipwrecked. In Acts 27 he was in Jerusalem they had arrested him he appeals to Caesar and they said okay you're gonna go on a boat now and we're gonna take you to Rome so you can appeal to Caesar now in those days the boats were nothing like today's boats as we can imagine they were a little rickety in comparison to the amazing you know vessels that we know today so this was not a luxury cruise that you see in modern day through the Mediterranean to go on a a ship in the Mediterranean this time could be death and that's exactly what almost happened to this entire crew of prisoners, soldiers, and everybody who was on it. So, as they were on the boat, they start on their journey, and these storms start hitting. People are freaking out. I mean, they're scared. They're saying, Our boat's going to go down, we're all going to drown. And what's amazing in Acts 27, verse 34, here's how Paul responds. He was operating from a different posture. He says, I urge you to take nourishment. So everybody's freaking out. like, We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. He's like, hey, chill out. And why don't you eat something? Can I side note that? Sometimes you just need to eat something. Okay. that's. My wife tells me that. She goes, have you eaten today? No. She's like, I can tell. Eat something. Anyway. So Paul tells him, I urge you. Take some nourishment. Eat something. Chill out. Eat some food. Sit down and be quiet. And then he speaks to him, for this is for your survival, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. Now, how could Paul speak so boldly about this? Well, I believe twofold. One, he was a man of great faith, and he knew God was protecting him. But two, I believe that God had prior revealed to him, they're all getting to where they need to go. So even if they don't deserve, they're on the boat with somebody who does. And whether they like it or not, the life that who Paul was, was going somewhere. And whether they lived in darkness or whatever life that they lived, they got a blessing by just being around the man who was blessed. Are you in the room today? Yeah. So Paul could then prophesy to them and say, hey, not a hair on your head is going to fall. I remember this happened to me one or a few times, really. I get sat next to some person who has incredible anxiety about flying. And they sit next to me. And some people really, have, I'm talking a fear of flying. Maybe you do. I don't know. i've never had that problem thank god but sometimes i'll sit next to somebody who does and i can see him i can see the nervousness the anxiousness or they're grabbing stuff and and um, one time this one person was out of control i mean they were they were going to stop the plane kind of freaking out but we were already taking off and once the plane takes off the only way that plane's coming down is to get to your scheduled arrival or you break some laws okay (laughs) and i didn't want this person breaking any laws i said everything's gonna be fine she's like how do you know how do you know <gasps> she's got the bag i mean she is working herself into a frenzy i said you're gonna be fine no you can't promise it and finally mary looked at her i said listen i'm a man of god god told me i'm going to this next destination so whether you are supposed to or not doesn't really matter we're getting there so chill out and you know what that worked She instantly put the bag down. She says, Are you serious? I said, Yes, you're fine. You're flying with me. (laughs) I put my headphones on and it was a good flight. And she calmed down. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's like what Paul was doing to these people, like, chill out, eat some food, and listen. We're gonna be fine. Peace that passes understanding is an inheritance when you're anchored in Christ. You can have peace when everybody else is in panic mode. And what's so amazing is it can pop up at the most Rare moments, and this is in fact when you need it the most, right? When you're not expecting a certain situation, and that storm hits. I remember we were in Albania a few years ago. Terry and I, and Timothy was there, and um, I don't know if anyone was on this trip in this room except Bud. I know Bud was; he's part of the story. And uh, we we're there, and we had done this amazing kids outreach through Samaritan's Purse. We'd give away like 800 of those shoe boxes, and um, it was incredible. I mean, we blessed hundreds and hundreds of children that day. And so us and the American team were in the Hope House in Thuman. Now, Thuman is rough, okay? It's like mafia turf. It's violent, very violent all the time. But we had a great day. We had no problems. So we're all in the Hope House like, "Woo! what a great day. Yeah, we're chilling, just resting. And all of a sudden, there's commotion outside. And then these big gates, it's like a compound to the Hope House And you could hear the gates and hear the yelling and the shouting. Of course, it's all in Albanian. We don't know what's happening. We just hear a lot of noise. And one of the the workers of the Albanian Hope House, a younger, honestly a little more immature person, comes in freaking out. We're all going to die. Get the ground. They got guns. They're going to start shooting. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, we're serious. Get down. and so we're all like what are we being taken hostage like what is going on and i mean the panic went from like wasn't that a beautiful day sipping tea to like we're dying right this second i mean in like 30 seconds isn't it amazing how one person can bring in panic but then another person came in equally as panicked and we're like oh dang we're gonna die so anyway we're <laughs> i mean that fear is real all of a sudden. And I mean, Terry and I are feeling it. We're like, what's going on? Our main guy who normally would handle all that wasn't there that day. It was a whole thing. And so here we are. What are we going to do? And so we start praying. But we were like calming everyone. We are like, y'all ever seen a real chicken before? We got chickens. Don't tell anyone. Our HOA doesn't allow them. But I never knew all the sayings for a chicken until I had chickens. They are so scared of everything. And the first time I messed with them, I'm like, hey, come here. And it just runs away. I'm like, why are you being so chicken? I was like, oh. <laughs> then we had the like, coop door open one time and the, the chicken flew out of the coop. And that guy's flying the coop. Hey. Like, it's, anyway, I started connecting all these sayings <laughs> to where they came from. Chickens are the most skittish creatures I've ever seen. They were out there pecking the other days, pecking, bark, bark, bark. and a dog, like f- so far away, just in the distance. It wasn't even like a bark, like, Brow! it was like, Brow! like it was delayed. It was so far away. And that chicken heard it, it was like, Brow! 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 I mean, Brow! it started freaking out. I'm like, chill- what are you doing? And I went and picked it up, and I'm like, chill out, man, you're good, you know? Brow! So I put it down, and then the bark happened again. Brow! you know the chicken freaked out anyway these people were like chickens so they came in flapping their wings we're all gonna die you came here from america to die in albania welcome you know i mean freaking out and so terry and i start praying and we're like okay calm down guys let's pray so everybody starts praying and we feel like a peace come on us and bud was there and we finally got a scope of what was happening there was these teenagers outside and they saw that all the kids got gifts, and they wanted theirs. They wanted a gift. We didn't think teenagers would want gifts. We learned. They did. Very badly. And there was a like little mob of them. And these guys are rough, and a lot of them have pistols and guns, and they're flashing them and holding them out. And they're like, you better give us a gift. Now, we had literally given away all of our samaritan's purse shoe boxes i wish i had franklin graham's number in that moment i didn't know what to do we had a handful of stuffed animals that some of our kids had brought for the little kids right and bud he just come. we're praying and terry and i are feeling peace Like, okay god's gonna give us a solution and not here comes bud bud was the solution bud goes they want a gift i'll give him a gift and he just grabs the stuffed animals and he runs out there like a crazy person full of faith and he just comes out. but And we all stayed in the house. We didn't even go with him. It happened so fast. I'm like, is Bud, Bud going to make it? And Bud came. That's Bud back there, by the way. Bud comes out, and he starts pulling these stuffed animals out. And just like, here. Here you go. Smiling. Like, here you go. Want a gift? Hey, man. Have a stuffed dog. Here you go. God bless you. Those kids... It absolutely diffused the whole situation. They were so happy. They had the, they were hugging them and loving on them. It was the wildest thing. And I'll never forget it. Like the whole mob diffused, right? All the craziness, And it instantly brought peace to a chaotic situation. And it was something that was just supernatural from heaven. And the reason I'm sharing this story is that when the storm comes, peace is your inheritance. That we had an option to just dive in with the chickens and start freaking out and flapping our wings and start declaring our death. Or we can make a choice and say, God, what, what's happening? Would you back us out of this for a second and reveal to us what's taking place? And that's exactly what he did. And then Bud just was the tool, man. He just ran as a servant of God. And the Lord blessed it. He was never in danger. And I'll never forget, we learned that in that village, they do that as a, a raising of hardness on the children. And so those teenagers, we learned, most of them, if not all of them, had never in their life received a present ever, not for Christmas, not for their birthday. It's all to make them tough. Like, hey, yeah, you don't get gifts. That's not a thing we do. And so when they saw the kids, though, got it, and they didn't, man, that worked them up. And when they received the gift, their hearts were touched. And I'll never forget, we got on our big bus. We had a big team bus, you know, like a Greyhound-style or traveler bus. And um, I'll never forget, there was this one kid with that, and he was waving, and he had a pistol. Homeboy was so happy with his stuff, doggy. It was the weirdest thing. And we were just like, look at what God can do. And, you know, so many times we hit these situations in life and we, we, the storm comes and we think we have to fix it. You know, you're not going to fix that, but God can. So your inheritance is not the supernatural, superman ability to get out there and figure it all out. Your inheritance is walking in peace that passes understanding. And peace then creates an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak. And bring the life and the wisdom of God. Come on. Are you in this place this morning? All right. Last point today. I'll quickly give you this one. When the storm comes, you can choose to hide or thrive. Hide or thrive. Paul and the boats, they do get shipwrecked. They end up on a little island called Malta. Acts 28 verse 3. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, he laid them on a fire. And a viper came out because of the heat. And it fastened onto his hand. And so when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man's a murderer. whom though he's escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. They knew that snake would kill him. Paul shook off the creature into the fire, suffered no harm. However, they were expecting he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead because that's what they've seen before. But after they looked for a long time, they saw no harm came to him. Then they changed their minds like this dude's a god. They started to worship him. Paul, of course, taught them that wasn't what happened. But even a poisonous snake couldn't hurt him. When the storm comes, you can choose to hide or thrive. Paul is in a situation that is not pleasant. They've been shipwrecked. The first thing that happens, he's like, yeah, I'll help build a fire. And a poisonous snake bites him. Come on, this is not a good day. Okay, he shakes the snake off and then they proceed prior to eat or something like that But we have to remember mark 16 verse 17 Jesus said these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents He took up a serpent on his hand, right? And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover So Paul's storm is an example of thriving because Christ is always with us. He was with him then. And what's wild in the next verse, in verse 7, he shakes off the snake. He's already survived one thing that should have killed him. And then they said, hey, in the estate, in verse 7, the region there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island named Publius who received us and entertained us for three days. And it happened the father lay sick with a fever and dysentery. So Paul went to him and prayed. He laid hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases came and were healed also. And they also honored us in many ways when we departed. God had put him in the midst of a crazy situation. But when Christ is with you as your anchor, you can choose to hide in the middle of your battle or thrive. Paul thrived. Here's Paul as a prisoner, shipwrecked on an island, beating death, shaking off a poisonous stake, starting a healing ministry, healing everybody who comes to him in the name of Jesus on the island. How many of that's, man, some people in modern day, they just build a church there and say, we're staying and we're going. But this was just Paul's life. Wherever he walked, God was with him. And wherever you walk, remember, when the storm comes, you can hide or thrive. How do you thrive? When you understand you're a child of the Most high high god that wherever your feet tread he is with you even in the darkest places on earth he is with you hallelujah i was in another country going to preach and my my crew there was some pastors and stuff they dropped me off and they all left and so i was walking literally to this like big venue and i was on the middle of the street and these two big old dudes could smell, and they were drunk, stepped in front of me, and I had my poster everywhere in that city, and they like knew who I was, and they said, we don't like you. Get out of here. And I'm like, but I got a bunch of people in there. I like got to go do what I got to do. And they're like, no, get out of here. It was this very intense moment. Again, another storm I wasn't expecting. I'm looking around, and all the people who were with me, they're gone. I'm like, I'm about to get stabbed here. Like, I felt it. Like, these dudes are about to jump me. This is... This is not good. Fear instantly came over me. So I began to pray. I backed up and I began to pray. I said, God, Lord, what do I do? These guys are yelling, get out of here. They're shoving me. And instantly I felt the Holy Spirit reveal something to me in the spirit. And I saw one of them. And I saw him as a little boy. And his dad was yelling at him and all this and abusing him. And So I just started telling him what I saw in the spirit. I said, when you were a little boy, your father abused you. He hit you. He did this. He did this. And I started sharing what I was seeing in the spirit. That dude looked at me. He said, how do you know that? I said, God just told me. He says, that's impossible. said, how else would I know that? God told me that. And then his other friends looking at him, and he was like the crony. You know, he was like, yeah, you know. You know, every big guy has a little crony with him, right? So that was his crony. And uh, I looked at him, and I said, You. You didn't even have a father, and you've looked at him for approval your whole life. And so whatever he does, you do, and that's why you're out here harassing me. Can I tell you both something? They were young guys. I don't know if they're 18, 20. I don't know, but they weren't super old. I said, instead of getting in my way and trying to fight me or stop me or do whatever you think you're trying to do, you need to follow me and hear what I have to say. Because God made you with a purpose, whether you know it or not, but you've never learned about it. So if you've come in with me, God will do something in your life you never thought possible. Now, if you'll please excuse me, I got to go preach. And I pushed them out of my way and just walked through Now, it sounds tough, right? I was scared out of my mind when I did that. I said, please don't kill me, please don't kill me, please don't kill me, please don't kill me. And then I looked, and they were just standing there looking at me like, what just happened? So anyway, I went in, and I watched them as we started the service. It was a few minutes later. They walked in the back, and they stood in the back. And when I gave the altar call that night, those two were the first two to raise their hand. God totally transformed their lives. They got plugged into church. It was amazing what takes place. You know why am i sharing all this i want you to understand something when the storm comes not if but when you have a god who will fight for you you have a god who will equip you with the tools you need you have a god who will reveal to you something you never thought possible the miraculous power of god Thrives in the midst of chaos, thrives in a storm. It thrives in these types of environments, but you have to have obedience and faith that He'll actually do it. So I want you to know you don't have to hide when the storm comes. You can thrive. You don't have to live in fear. Peace is your inheritance. You don't have to cower down and just be whatever the world wants. No, you have a choice to make. Make your choice. Build your life on the bedrock of Christ and say, I am marked by the blessing of the Most High God. I am His Son. I am his daughter. And Father, I serve you wherever you want me to go. I'm going to go. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do. And if it brings me into a hairy situation, (laughs) you're a barber. Come on. You can cut it out. You can get me through it. You can make a way where there seems to be no way. Don't you remember what scripture says? That he makes paths in the wilderness. He makes streams in the desert. That's the kind of God we serve. And until you start living it, you don't experience it. But I'm here living as a testimony of a person who experiences the living power of God and I want you to come along with me. If you're in this place, would you shout hallelujah and praise the Lord? Hallelujah. I want to pray today. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Is Nikita in here? Would you mind? Father, I thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the glory in this place today. Lord, stir our hearts for the things that stir yours. Lord, break our hearts for the things that break yours. Lord, reveal to us the plans and the purposes and the destiny you have for us. I thank you for your purpose. I thank you for your plans. I thank you for your destiny for our life. Lord, I want you to reveal that to us. I ask it. If we can pull the the house lights back at this time just for this moment of prayer father we just thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our midst father we want to serve you we want to follow you we want to live for you father take us to the ends of the earth father take us to wherever you have us to go take us even in our neighborhoods take us down the street father wherever it is that you want us to be father take us Father, we give you praise for this today. If if everyone in the room could just stand for a quick moment, just in a spirit of reverence with your eyes closed. I just, I'd like to pray today. I felt this in my heart before this morning. I want to pray for our young people today, our middle school, high school, or age. If you're in that realm or if you got an ager, you know, after your number, would you come down here for a minute? Nothing weird, nothing scary, but I just want to take a moment and pray for every person. Every young person. I believe God's going to do something awesome today with our young people. Come on, let's clap our hands for all these awesome young people. You guys can just stand and look at me. You don't got to look at them. You can look at me over here, you guys. Just Look at me. You can wave at him. Hey, what's up? Terry and I just, we're feeling right now something moving in the spirit with our city, city of Parker, city of Denver. And, you know, church, we've, we've been praying for a revival for a few years. But there's something about this year when 2023 hit that the lord began to put on our heart about raising up a generation that is unashamed of the gospel that being a part of that that pouring into them praying raising up and we're feeling right now that this is a time where god's going to start raising up young people like never before like never before and this isn't something that we fake you can't fake that that's impossible but what we wanted to do, I just I want to thank you guys for just walking up here today. Nothing crazy. I just wanted to say a prayer over everybody. But I wanted to bless you in the name of Jesus. And I want to ask that you begin to ask God to reveal to you what is your purpose. What is your calling? What does your destiny look like? It doesn't happen until we start asking. We have to ask. Say, God, you show me. Your parents can show you some. Your friends might show a little. But in the end, your creator has to show you the purpose that he created you with. It's pretty awesome. But that takes a, a spirit of humility, a spirit of just, God, here I am. Me. Lord, show me. So, what I'd like to do, church, if you just stretch your hands in prayer, I just want to pray over the, all these young people. And, babe, if you join with me, we just want to lead a prayer today over these teenagers, middle school, high school, Father. Lord, today we pray. Lord, over every single one of these young people, that, Father, you are doing something special in their hearts and in their spirit. Lord, our generation needs it more than ever. Father, this generation needs a move of the spirit more than ever. They need to see the reality of who you are. We don't need fake. We don't need anything that's not genuine. We need the genuine move of your Holy Spirit like the Bible tells us about. So, Father, I pray that that begins more than ever right now. I pray it starts in their heart. I pray it starts in their home. I pray it starts in their hunger to read your word. I pray it starts in their hunger to pray. And Lord, I pray it starts for them to lift each other up. Father, Lord, in a generation that tries to destroy each other more than ever and backbite and and slander online and all these things, Father, we curse that in Jesus' name. And I pray for a generation, Lord, that lifts up their brothers and sisters in Christ, that undergirds them, that prays for them, that says, no, 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 that's not your path. You don't got to go down that way. You got something bigger than that. You got something better than that. You don't got to look down that path. That's nothing good for you down there. Father, I pray the boldness and the fire of your Holy Spirit begin to pour out on them like never before and Lord we bless them today and Lord I thank you that Lord you are moving in this place and Lord we just ask that Lord over every one of them father Lord now in Jesus name that Lord you'll touch their life father you'll stir in their heart and their spirit Lord the giftings of God Lord I pray for the giftings of God to come out like never before every one of these young people have gifts of God and Lord I bless them today in Jesus name more than ever father lord that they come out in a way lord that only you know so father i thank you for it bless them today in jesus name in jesus name bless my brother today thank you for his life in jesus name come on church let's just worship jesus for about 30 more seconds father we thank you for lord what you're doing in our midst and Lord, we say, have your way. Come on, church. Can we, everybody say, that us, say have your way. Come on, shout it one more time. Have your way. Come on, let's praise God in this room today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can go back to your seats. Thank you for taking this moment. Hallelujah. You can be seated. You know. There's something when, when we start seeking God and say, God, have your way that he starts doing what he wants more than what we want. I'm praying over every person, every person online, that his way starts leading your way more than ever Remember, it's a choice that we make his way, not ours. Before we go, I want to receive the tithes and the offerings for the work of ministry here. Amen. We want to always say thank you to everybody who's able to participate and does participate. We couldn't do what we do without it, without you. It'd be impossible. But because of the generosity of so many right here in this room, God has done miraculous things already with this church. The fact this church exists is pretty miraculous. We just Terry and I, as you know, we just said yes and just leased a space and just said, we're just going to go for it. It was very risky in the flesh, but yet, felt everything was correct in the Spirit. And I believe we can all agree that the Spirit's leading this church, this movement, everything that God's doing from here around the world. Amen. And you're a part of it. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it cool to think right now there's 103 other Expect Hope churches that have been worshiping all over the world? Come on, isn't that amazing? Some of those churches are growing too, 200, 300, in, in places in Nepal, Philippines, India, I mean, Albania, places that there hasn't even been a church before. They're the first. God's moving all over the world. But there's something that that God's been putting on Terry and I's heartness with the teenagers, you guys, these this is, this is something that as a ministry, we have been wanting to launch into, but we've been waiting for the timing of the Lord. And we've been really feeling there's a stirring happening. And Terry and I were talking about this and we've been praying about it. And we, we really feel it's time to take our first step to ministering uh, at the next level to young people, teenagers, all over our city. How many would agree that'd be an awesome thing to do, amen? We want young people to find their calling, find their purpose to live a life for Christ, to understand how amazing it is to live the wild journey he's called us to live. I mean, that's, that's what hooked me at a young age, just, just doing the stuff the Bible talks about. I wanted to live the book of Acts. And I can tell you, I've had some pretty awesome experiences because of it. But if we can teach and move in that and build a hunger in that at a young age, it's something that people can take for a lifetime to transform this earth we all know you know who's not going to change the world government does that hurt your feelings I hope not hope that's not some new revelation Government's not going to fix it okay they're going to mess it up I'll tell you that really good and that's everybody both sides I don't care what party is it it, listen it's a man-made system okay and man-made systems are very flawed and I'm not cursing the government. Thank God for the government. it creates order and all these things. But we can't look to the government to fix supernatural problems. We have to look to Jesus Christ to transform the world in a much deeper way. We wanted to launch this youth ministry with a, um, our first event, okay? And we wanted to do something that was gonna be impacting, something that young people could invite their friends to. Um, something that's just unique special on purpose and different and so we are planning at this moment to do our first event on Friday night May 19th this will be a launch moment that we believe God's gonna move in a powerful way now for this event um, we wanted to consider also bringing in um, maybe a youth speaker I mean you know as cool as I am I'm still almost 40 hallelujah and I want to make sure that there's voices and different things. We want we wanted to maybe bring in a, a music team from around the area, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, more relevant, right, to the younger We want to create a worship environment, right, that young people are connecting with one another, building community, building friendships, launching something that's based off of faith. We also want to, you know this room? We, when we saw this building, for the very first time, Terry and I, we instantly were excited because we saw it could be so multifunctional. And we've definitely experienced that already in the first year from family dinners to our food outreach, to all sorts of things. So this would be the youth center on those nights. Isn't that cool? Move all the chairs out. We wanna get some games, we wanna get some fun things, maybe, you know, like a ping pong table or just some natural things that when they come, they can hang out, they can fellowship, you know, all those good things. And, um, But as we know, nothing uh, in life is free. And so we were praying. I said, you know what? What if we, by faith, asked everybody to participate in a special kind of launch fund for the youth? Wouldn't that be cool? And we were praying about it and looking at different things. And we thought, you know what? If we set a goal of about $3,000, we feel like that would help us cover uh, definitely the first event, but also a lot of one-time expenses. And once they're bought, they're bought, right? And these will be fun things, engaging things, and something that young people, as we do more and more events, and eventually get to a week, our goal is to get to a weekly format. But we're going to start with some very on-purpose events to get the word out. And um, we just wanted to know if you would prayerfully uh, consider joining and in sowing into the next generation. Amen? And so I want to ask that today. We, we What we did for simplicity, you could just grab an envelope and just write youth on it, right? Um, something like that. Also on the app. or on our website if you click give we created um um what's called a a fund and if you tap it it'll say youth ministry launch so what we're gonna do is designate all the funds to go to the youth ministry launch fund that come in for this and so as you're giving today um i'd like you to consider doing something maybe a little extra going a little further you know three thousand honestly in the big picture is not that much but it's it'll give a great launch i want to invest as a church into the next generation. I want, that's, I gotta be honest, that's where I encountered Jesus when I was about 14 and 15. That's where my life got absolutely transformed. And it wasn't, it wasn't just on a regular Sunday. It was always in those special events or moments or youth conference or those types of things. We're believing to start creating those moments here at Expect Hope Church. How many think that's an awesome idea, amen? Well, it's a God idea, right? some of these awesome young people you're seeing in this place that have just started coming. We we had a cool organic little powwow and started talking about ideas, man. They're excited. I believe that God's going to use all of it and work it all together so that we can creatively reach so many hurting youth. Do you know this is the most unchurched generation of all time in America? They say the teenager, the, the current church going has dropped from the 1950s. Do you know that the average church going rate was about 80% do you know right now adults included everybody about 27% go to church do you know in the teenagers it's way less come on the enemy's been fighting for decades to pull the truth of Christ out of our society out of our families How many think it's time we do our part to fight back and bring the love of Jesus Christ to this generation, to let them know how much they matter, to let them know that God has a plan for them, to let them know that there's a way beyond sex and drugs and alcohol and whatever vice that might try to grab them, that God has a path for them that's pure and righteous and awesome and world-shaking. Hallelujah. Man, I get fired up about it so let's participate in this so let's believe God let's sow into it and whenever you sow into something new right you're, you're, you're on the first wave it's a big deal sow in if you have kids especially I want you to really prayerfully do something um, obviously Terry and I are doing the same we're sowing into our children they're in this age group we want to reach them before they're lost amen so let's pray for the fire of God okay let's bless the offering fire, Father in Jesus name we pray over every gift that's about to be given I thank you Lord Lord, as we are asking for the special offering today for the youth, that, Lord, every need will be met. Lord, I thank you as we do this special event on May 19th that it's not just some event, but, God, Lord, something awesome takes place that only you could do here. So, Lord, with anticipation, we already are starting to believe. Lord, I pray for those in this church that might have a heart to even minister to youth, that they'll they come talk to Terry and I, that they say, I, I want to be a part of this. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, this is, This is your church, Father. We take steps of faith. I thank you every financial need will be met of this church, every financial need of the launch of this youth ministry launch. Father, Lord, everything taken care of according to your word. Lord, have your way. We bless every seed about to be sown. I thank you, Lord, every person who's going to give, Lord, they're not even going to feel it, Father, because your blessing is going to pour out in their life so heavy. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you guys are dismissed. God bless you. Thank you for being in church today. And as always, I'll be over here to greet you on your way out. God bless you. Thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow to stay up to date in everything we're doing at Expect Hope. We hope this podcast encouraged you and that it will help you through any trials you may be going through. Thanks again for listening, and have a blessed rest of your week.